often when I'm mentoring businesses will make them uncomfortable because I'll say things like winning teams only have the best players and the key word there is only. So we might have a client who's <clears throat> losing staff, got a high staff turnover and they don't know why and they can come to us and say, well, in your local area, mm. we've got all these other similar companies and they're offering hybrid working or five days off. Some people look at it as a cost. It's got to be seen as an investment, a crucial investment that without you, you slowly become a dinosaur. Clear to see how essential it is to businesses to constantly analyse and assess themselves and, and assess those anchors or propellers within the business. So on today's show, I'm joined by fellow Togger David Arden, Business Networking Manager, and Mike Green, who is an accomplished entrepreneur, author, and growth and strategy mentor. Mike also hosts the highly regarded podcast, Success is a System, and has appeared on Channel 4's Secret Millionaire. David, would you like to say a few words before we begin? Uh, yes, so uh, my role within the uh, One Group is the Business Networking Manager, so the responsibility of that role is uh, essentially I uh, develop um, relationships with new businesses um, and also um, to retain the businesses that we currently have and try and develop that further. Um, a lot of my role is involved in, in extensive networking and that's at a local basis uh, and nationally as well. So I'm constantly meeting new people and trying to really develop things for the business uh, far and wide. So primarily, and that's where you met Mike. That's exactly. where I met Mike. Absolutely, and we're here today. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was at the Chamber of Commerce. So um, something we've been actively involved in um, over the last year, really, and uh, proven to be very successful and very beneficial. So they're the kind of things we like to get involved in. So let's get on with the discussion then. So Great. Mike, building winning teams. Yeah. So I mean, winning teams. It, it, it encapsulates so much and there's lots of quotes that often when I'm mentoring businesses will make them uncomfortable because I'll say things like winning teams only have the best players and the key word there is only. Mm -hmm. And all too often we think, well, they're not bad because if someone's a bad employee, we will exit them if we can't help them become good, if you like. But we don't address good people. And actually, what we really need is the best people. So mm -hmm. if you if you think of, say, football, we don't say, oh, we've got some good players. We say we've got the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they can be a best-in-the-world player. But if you take Ronaldo um, earlier in the year, stopped playing as part of the team. So even if they're a world's best deliverer of whatever the job is, if they don't fit within the team, it's time to think about, are they going to be right for the team? Mm -hmm. Because winning teams only have the best players and it's a team it's not yeah. an individual uh, in a business so we constantly got to be reviewing are our people still the best people they might be great but if they don't evolve with the business and the needs of the business we need to be reviewing that constantly mm -hmm. um, and it should be something that every board or key key um, manager in a business is constantly looking at and saying are they the best are they good can we take from good to best mm. or do we need to start thinking about how we manage that person out if we can't manage them up yeah because obviously with every business you have the probation period and once people pass they're kind of like in it then aren't they so it's that kind of continual reviewing making sure that they're on track and they're still performing the way they should yeah and i mean i'm gonna always have slightly different views <laughs> but when we after a probation period if someone's in it we're still gonna deliver as a business we're going to deliver a great environment, hopefully. And we're going to talk, and we did talk about how to attract, train, motivate, and retain great yes. people. But um, 
that's a cycle, that's a commitment from any business person to commit to those individuals. Equally, those individuals have got to keep their value to the business and evolve with the business. Mm -hmm. So whether uh, after the probationary period they're in, after so many years, they get more and more rights. Mm -hmm. But at any point in a business, even if someone's been here eight or 10 years, if they start to become a threat to the business, we have got to um, be honest about that person is now like a cancer. Mm. And we either cut, we, we try the best we can to treat that, mm. but if not, we cut it out because it could be the death of a business. Yeah. So there's no point in time at which, firstly, there shouldn't be an honest upfront conversation with an individual. Um, and if that doesn't work and some extra training or guidance or support doesn't work, we need to cut them out because the business and you know the, the most people I ever employed were two thousand six hundred, mm. and at one point we had to get rid of six hundred people, and of course I had to had to negotiate with unions and uh, and the upset and it gets local press mm. and bad press, but the point is sometimes if you don't get rid of one or six hundred, you put all of them at risk. Yeah, and so if you're in charge, you've got to take charge. And, you know, some of the cliche sayings about everyone wants to be the the, the king of the jungle, the beast, if you like, until they have to do what the beast has to mm-hmm. do. And if ripping the throat out of a gazelle uh, to feed your pride is something you need to do, nobody wants to kill anything or, or, or cut someone loose. But you've got to think about the interest of the business holistically, every individual within that. Because whether you're employing three people or 3,000, they're not people, they're, they're mortgages, they're holidays yeah. that they've booked. It's mm. a big commitment. Mm. And you can't let any one individual threaten that. Yeah. What I absolutely loved was your cycle that you just touched upon there, you know, the attracting, training, motivating and retaining and how businesses can sort of adapt that to work for them. Yeah, and, and to me, you know, people like processes. And the reason my podcast is called Success is a System mm. is it's understanding the systems for success. And, you know, one business can have completely different systems to another. One individual can have different uh, systems to another individual. And part of that for me is about finding out what did you do to become successful or what do you attribute your success to? And then sharing that with the world, as it, as it were, to say, you don't have to exactly emulate somebody, but if you can find a system that you think will work for your business, adopt that system, emulate that system, deliver that system, uh, then it might help you become as successful as the person or people that you're emulating. And, and part of that is taking a concept, and we're talking about people, um, and saying, how can I put it in a way that people can remember it? And if we, as we talk about how to attract, train, motivate, and retain, and I'll say that several times mm. in any presentation as we did, or in any meeting, by the time we get to it, they might not remember all of the detail, yeah. or even though we it will be in there, we can pull it out, but they will remember, attract, train, motivate, and retain. Yeah. And from that, that's a system then that they can start to look at in the business and say, what are we doing to attract the right people? Are we training them? Are they motivated? Mm-hmm. And are we making sure that we're doing the right things to constantly retain them? So what can we do then to attract these people? What are your top tips, guys? Yeah, so David. Well, one thing we produce uh, on an annual basis, which has proven to be a huge success, is that we do a salary guide for our clients. And that's something which we take from uh, quite a high volume of businesses. And that helps those businesses to determine whether or not they're providing the right financial package. So that might include the basic salaries, the bonus scheme. So just to make sure that when they are recruiting in the market, they're competitive Mm -hmm. in order to attract the right talent across 
all sorts of different industries, and that really helps them to ensure that they're planning and are ahead of the game. So uh, that's available. We produce that, and that's available through our website. So yeah. it can be downloaded for any business to utilise yeah. um, and analyse as to as to how they want to, uh, to 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 go forward and attract staff. Yeah, it really is a great tool. Actually, it's also mm. available in hard copy if anyone wanted it posted mm-hmm. to them. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So I mean, my thoughts on that is. Uh, and my original business or primary business, I, I grew up through retail and then set up a, a retail consultancy that we grew globally. Mm-hmm. And I think salary is a bit like cost or price of products mm-hmm. in the sense that you've got to be in the right boundaries. Otherwise, you, you know, if we look at, say, the price of a bottle of water, yeah. um, we used to talk about there's value pricing, there's supermarket pricing, there's convenience pricing, uh, and then there's insult pricing. You don't want to be into insult. And so if it if that was salaries we were talking about, you as an employer should know that you're not insulting your employees. They shouldn't have to come and and ask just to get the mm-hmm. right salary for that job. Mm-hmm. It should be your job to keep on top of that yeah. and to make sure that you're giving that. Now, that said, if we use the analogy or the metaphor of pricing of product similarly, the price I'm willing to pay in a convenience store because I'm on the motorway and I'm happy to pull off mm-hmm. and as a service station, you say if you took a bottle of water, it might be two pounds in that in that environment. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to pull miles off to an unknown village to find a shop that might be cheaper because mm-hmm. the overall cost to my time and convenience might be uh, worse, if you like. Now, I know that I can buy that bottle of water for 80p in a, in a discounter, for a pound in a supermarket, for pound fifty in a convenience store, or for £2 in motorway services. Equally, when it comes to jobs, you know, if it's a much better salary, but it's in London, and I've got to spend two, day, two hours each day commuting, that's an inconvenience that even a better salary mm. might make it not mm. attractive enough. And so we end up looking at things like London waiting and so on. But then again, it might be a case of we've got two jobs. One's in a startup uh, and one is in an established business. It's got lots of brand um, value. And I think, well, I'm working for that brand that I'll add to my CV. Mm-hmm. Working for that brand, I might have opp- opportunities around the world or in mm-hmm. the company. Mm-hmm. Equally, I might say I'd like to work for a startup because it can be new, fun, funky, energetic. So I didn't think salary or price needs to be a fixed number. Mm -hmm. It needs to be within a boundary that takes into consideration other um, factors that will weight positively or negatively on that particular job. And so think of it as a set of scales, you know, Mm -hmm. what are the positive reasons I'd want to work there, the negative reasons why I might not want to work there, and is the salary enough to counterbalance that, to get it in the right position for my needs that also satisfy your needs as an employer? Yeah, well, I've got a great example of that. I once worked for a company, massive company, um, but left that company to actually come here because the benefits Mm. of working here just matched with me and aligned with me a Mm. lot more than that massive big brand. You know, we have like payday breakfasts every month and lots of social things that we do. And we are a small company, but it's a bit like a family and I absolutely love it. And that would trump anything about working for the big multinational brands. And, uh, and again, Leanne, what we do as well to, to try and help companies, whether they might be an existing client or a new client, is that we offer a benchmarking service. So yeah. that means that we support a business to ensure that they are attracting 
the right kind of talent in whatever industry it might be. And that looks at competitor analysis <coughs> and it ensures that you know they can re- they can attract the right people for the right reasons and retain them within yeah. the business. So that's something that we offer and we find a lot of clients benefit from that because it brings our expertise in to support them in their planning for the and, future. And does that take in does that then give them guidance on what the initiatives or elements yeah. are that could counterbalance yeah. a, a Yes, it does. Yeah, 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 totally. It totally yeah. supports that in terms yeah. of the benefits to make sure that they're attracting the right talent in that specific area. So it will look at the competition mm. in that area and it really gives them all the tools to ensure that they're getting the best people you know, within that area. Yeah. Exactly. So we mm. might have a client who's <clears throat> losing staff, got a high staff turnover, and they don't mm. know why. And they can come to us, and we can say, "Well, in your local area, mm. we've got all these other similar companies, and they're offering hybrid working or five days off." You, you know, so yeah. but they might not know that until they actually yeah, look out there. Yeah. And as we know, businesses invest a lot of money in their training and attracting programs. So if they're losing people, then rather than they replace them with other people we need to determine what are the reasons why they're losing them and then maybe they can make some changes within mm. that business to retain the and, talent and, and that i think got. that's a, a a key point uh that that, that fits into the cycle in many areas of mm. the attract train mm. motivate and retain and one of the examples i shared was kip tyndall of container store who it's an american company it's a bit like dunelm and, and uh habitat sort of thing yeah. it's gadgets in effect and mm. and household gadgets and uh, Kip Tyndall, the founder of that, for 20 years in a row, he, he uh, got double-digit growth as a business, which is right. incredible. Mm. He also got voted best company to work for in America for uh, three years. Oh. And and for a relatively unknown brand that many people mm. wouldn't know until you talked about it. But the key thing that relates to what you were saying is he paid double the industry average salary. Mm. Oh. And so when I, when I spoke in South Carolina at an event that he was at, and uh, you know the one of the audience members said, well, you know, ten percent is the normal rate of uh, uh, of salary to retail. How, how can you afford that um, uh, and not be bust? Mm. And he said, "Well, mine's only ten percent as well." I said, "Well, how can you be paying twice as much but have the same ratio of of salary to sales?" Mm. And he said, "Because when you when you pay that much money, you only get the best people. You only accept the best people because yep. you're paying that much mm-hmm. money. Mm. When you're paying that much money, they don't leave. So you're not got this constant churn that mm. we talked about. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. They don't." They're, they're happier in their job. And he said great people are at least two to three times as effective as good people who are at least two to three mm. times effective as average yeah. people. And he'd then say, how many average people do you employ? So mm. a lot of people don't realize the cost of a high churn rate to mm. their constant recruitment cost, to their churn, mm. to their extra training needed, to the overall um, happiness of, uh, and effectiveness of their teams. Yeah, and equally, the loss of business to losing somebody that probably you could have retained had you paid the right salaries and mm. offered the right package, the cost of losing somebody and then having to bring somebody new in mm. and the cost that it <clears throat> takes to get them up to the level that the person they lost. Cost yeah. and time. And, yeah. and all the yeah. time, during that time, mm. they're interacting with customers. They could be losing customers. Mm. Yes. They could be uh, mm. giving a less than optimal service to yeah. those customers. Yeah. Because so. they know they're going to leave. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to the next point of the cycle then, training. We've touched on that a couple of times in this conversation mm. already. Mm. Yeah, I mean, training, it's got to be a lifetime thing. And, and when I'm mentoring individuals, I talk a lot about, because a lot of individuals think, 
I've done my education, if you mm -hmm. like. I, I went through school, didn't really enjoy that or whatever, or I went to uni, it was really hard work and glad to be done with that. Yeah. They need to learn, so when I mentor an individual, that it should be about lifelong learning. It should mm -hmm. be about constantly evolving with a changing world. You know, uh, We know in the last year, AI has become a massive yeah. thing yeah. and it's changing lots of jobs. Mm. So if they don't change, they'll become irrelevant and, uh, uh, and outdated uh, for their jobs. So... But equally, I work with a lot of SMEs who recruit people because they've got the right skills. Mm -hmm. And then they think, well, we don't have to do them any trick. We, we recruit them because mm -hmm. they're, a, let's say, a, a heating engineer or a plumber or electrician mm -hmm. or whatever it is. I don't have to train them. Mm -hmm. Well, if the technology's changed or the needs mm -hmm. of customers have changed or the systems have changed, we need to keep them trained. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to – everyone should join a job knowing that when they leave, they're more valuable. Yeah. Um, you'd want that as well because they should be more valuable to you. Mm. The only way that happens is through training experience, training experience and an ongoing commitment to training. Mm. Uh, and some people look at it as a cost. It's got to be seen as an investment, mm -hmm. a crucial investment mm. that without you, you slowly become a dinosaur. Mm. And I think we've found it, haven't we, as uh, being a recruitment uh, specialist, we get to see lots of different companies and different industries and it's become <clears> very clear particularly uh, over the last few years and since, uh, you know, the issues we've had with Brexit and and uh, the pandemic, then investing in your staff, training your staff, as we mentioned before, Mike, is it, it motivates people and you retain them and that makes business sense. So um, essential training in any organisation is, is key to a successful business. Yeah. And we found that, you know, with yeah. a lot of our clients. Yeah. But and, and training can be... Um, Multifaceted. A lot of people think of it, oh, God, go off on a training course. Mm. It could be as simple as being able to shadow someone. Mm -hmm. It could be as simple as someone more senior in the business mentoring mm. mid and junior members of staff because training is about giving them some of the skills, confidence, attributes that someone who's good at the job mm. uh, can hand down. Uh, too many companies assume it's an outsourced mm. thing. Mm. And there are some courses that will encapsulate it and there are some companies that will give training that will be better at training than maybe an in-house person might be mm. but training is is something that can be just the way we run a business yeah, yeah. you know we're constantly training uh coaching mentoring mm. uh which all forms of training really aren't they yeah. and it's enhancing the experience as well that you have retained within your own, your own business to train newer people and less experienced so often the answer to your training is actually retained within your business and you can help <clears throat> develop that rather than necessarily bringing outside trainers in it's actually there mm. in front of you you just need to utilize that experience exactly and i i love sort of finding old sayings that that have been in, in place for hundreds of years and passed down uh, and you know one of them that comes to mind is every day's a school day mm. and if, if you sort of encapsulate that and, and take it on board if every day's a school day you should be asking yourself what have i learned today mm. if you're a business you should be asking mm. yourself how have i helped that individual yes. grow have i taught them anything is there something new mm. are we communicating uh, as much and effectively as we could uh, and, and companies think it's a once a year thing or mm. oh, we haven't done any training, we'll get them all <laughs> Annual in, training. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly that. 
Yeah, you've got to build it into your culture. Yeah. I think if you do that, then it becomes business as normal, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And obviously, if you implement new systems or things mm. with you know to make your company more effective or efficient, you've got to have the training to go along with oh, that as well. So would you say then mm. that the training is enough as a motivator or is there something else that we need to do to motivate our employees? To keep no, I think, well, so two things. Really. Mm. I talk a lot about motivation. I mean, I've done whole conferences on motivation. And, and I love the way that if you break words down, it helps sort of bring it to life more. So if you take the word motivation and split it into motivation, that's a bit like motive for action. Mm-hmm. So motivation is why will people do what they need to do and what can we do to change their motive to, to take more action? Yeah. So if you think about it in that sense. Now, firstly, a lot of people think, oh, just not motivated or give me some positive motivation. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, well, firstly, at least 60 to 70 percent of all motivation is negative. So we are more pushed by what we don't want than we are pulled by what we do want. So, you know, let's say I set a goal that I'm going to build a business because I want a Ferrari Mm. and I've currently got a Fiat. Not Mm. a Fiat, I've got one of the great cars. (laughs) But, but, you know, the motivation to get that Ferrari, if I'm having a really tough day, week, month, I can easily self-justify. I don't need need a Ferrari. Mm, you know, the Fiat's all right. Gets me from A to B. Cost a lot less. It's more fuel efficient. The insurance is cheaper. Mm. But if, for instance, the the motivation is that same money could buy my mum a house and she's worked all mm. her life for me and I don't like the fact that she's having to live in squalor or um, my daughter needs uh, an operation and, and it you know, I've got to wait two years on the NHS mm. or I could pay for it now if I had the mm. cash. Often we are more pushed by our fears mm-hmm. than we are pulled by our dreams. So, and equally in a job, the best motivation is, and, and this is the hard side of it, yeah. if you do your job, You'll keep your job, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And if you do a bad job, you won't keep your bad. Job. So, so yeah. there's got to be a hard edge to it. But the other side is, I always recognise that people spend more time with their work colleagues than they do their loved ones. Hope you're enjoying Success as a System. Every Tuesday, we launch it on all podcast platforms and on YouTube. Drop us a note and tell us who you would like to see or hear on Success as a System, or what subjects you'd like us to cover to help you and your business. Success as a System, like subscribe and make sure you get it every Tuesday for great lessons and systems that have made people wealthy, healthy and successful. You know, they might see their mum or dad once a week. Mm -hmm. They might see their kids for an hour before bed if they're working hard. Mm. By the time um, the average couple in the UK, sadly, spends no more than seven minutes of worthwhile conversation each day. And you think, oh, that's rubbish. And then you think, other, other than... Have you had a good day? Yep. What's on? Uh, what's for dinner? It's not much really substantial conversation, but we're at work for eight, 10, 12 hours yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. So we're going to spend more time at work. So it's got to be an environment that I want to go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, an environment where it feels like a family in the positive sense. Mm-hmm. So I knew as um, uh, as a businessman when I was building my business, which generally SME, small and medium enterprises, that I wasn't the big Nielsen or... or uh, Price Waterhouse Coopers mm. or, or something like that. So, what could I do differently, better, best that they couldn't emulate, but would be a reason why people would want to work for me, stay with me, uh, and, mm. and contribute in that motivated mm. way? Mm. So, we'd look at things like, you know, um, for instance, I had a thousand pound a year social budget for every employee. Mm-hmm. I didn't care how they spent it; they decide between themselves. They oh, they nice. nominate a social secretary, mm. uh, and that could be uh, any man or woman in the business that comes up with some ideas, right. and and they put right. ideas in. Um, and that might be as simple as 
every week on a Friday, we're going to go out for a drink and we've got £20 budget per person, mm-hmm. thousand quid a year. Mm-hmm. It might be we're going to do that once a month and we'll have a, uh, a, a day trip to Boulogne as a team. And, and it's often things that brings a team together. Really yeah. But it's like the, the, it's money that will create things that the equivalent money would, you know, 20 quid a week isn't going to change anyone's life particularly, mm-hmm. but the social, connecting them as a team, uh, rewarding the week and so on. Um, equally, uh, they, they might say they want to go and do a show. Mm. So there's that. Then I would have an incentive scheme. So my incentive scheme that I've used for years in different companies and recommended to many companies is I would give a, uh, each team member a point for every month they worked in the business and a point for every thousand pound they earned. Mm. Now, the monthly point recognizes loyalty and mm-hmm. longevity mm-hmm. and the point per thousand pound of salary recognize seniority in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and arguably, if they're a board member, they're, they're more necessary and, and often valuable to mm. me than someone who's just started. Yeah. But that gave me a fixed number of points per year. I would then say, if we hit our stretch target, it's mm. not just for doing the normal job, but if we hit our annual target, 20% of all, of all profits will be shared between the team. Mm. And then that's divided by those points and allocated accordingly. Mm. So every year there was there's some fun things happening. There was uh, the incentive to look forward to and motivate them to work harder to deliver the target, but also they had to be in place at the end of the year mm. to, to, to access that. And then little things like we would always have fruit, breakfast cereals and that. So, mm. uh, But we'd say... You know, if you get in before your start time, there's all the breakfast stuff there. Mm. If they got in on time, they ain't having breakfast, you know, because yeah. they're working then. So and like, often they'd come in early because of mm. that. Mm. We'd have a masseur come to the office every Thursday. They get mm. a free 20 minute massage. If they want a longer one, they can pay a bit more and have a 40 minute one. Mm. But little things like that. And they would tell their friends, and their friends would say, Cool, I want to work for your company. Yeah. Now, partly they're all good things that companies can think of that and other initiatives that they could adopt. But also, um, it, it, it gave them reasons why we were a little bit different, special, nice, if you mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. relative to some of the big corporates. And the big corporates couldn't do some of those things at the same scale that an SME can. Mm. Yeah. But all those things added together make a huge difference to people actually, like you're saying, enjoying the time mm. and the place that they work. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think your language there is really important because when you say added together, mm. I once worked with a French consultant and... Um, one of his sayings, and I won't try the French accent, it was <laughs> Welsh or something else, but, but was that, you know, explain to me um, the different ingredients mm. that make success. He mm. said, uh, for instance, if it was ingredients in a food sense, what's the key ingredient in beef bourguignon? Mm-hmm. Anyone? Anyone want to guess? Beef? Beef? That's what I said. So, and he said, well, without the herbs and the wine, it's just boiled beef. Mm. So I said, well, the herbs then. Well, without the beef, it's not beef. And his point was, it's not one ingredient Mm. on its own. It's the combination of all those ingredients added to the right extent at the right time in the process. Mm. And if we think about business as a recipe for success, Mm. you know, if you had boiled beef, it'd sustain you. It'd be all right. It'd be Mm. good. Mm. And that'd be an okay business. Mm -hmm. But the difference between an okay business and a world-class business is having all those ingredients. The difference between an okay boiled beef and beef bourguignon is having all those ingredients in place to the right proportion, added at the right time in a process that works again and again Mm -hmm. and again. And that's where I'll come back to success as a system. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so those elements might seem to be, oh, well, they're just small bits. And you're right, in and of themselves, they're not enough to attract someone to come and work for me. Mm -hmm. But combined together in a world-class recipe... Mm -hmm. 
they can be world-changing to give you great growth, great success and everything you need in a business mm-hmm. from a, from a, a well-balanced team. Mm-hmm. So the attracting them, the salary, the training, the ongoing training and the motivation, all these little other things that we can do, is that enough <clears throat> to retain our employees or is there some other... Yeah, well, if if you think about retaining, why do you do what you do? Um, mm-hmm. And why would you stay where you stay? And, and work is a relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it as a relationship, you can be completely in love with somebody. But if they don't give you any time or they ignore you, or completely in love with somebody um, and they change, mm-hmm. uh, you start to question, is that love enough? Mm-hmm. So it, you have the right salary, but when things change, mm-hmm. is that salary enough? Mm-hmm. Are those little extras enough so if my life stage changes and i'm happy i've been happy to commute for 10 years now i've got a baby mm. my stage my life stage has changed mm. you might say it was not my problem or you might say they're so valuable we need to change what we can offer them to retain mm. them mm-hmm. have we got the good the right maternity paternity systems in place and and, and programs in place um are we doing enough to keep that person locked in because mm. What you'll find is there'll always be somebody, if they're doing a great job and, and they're great, mm. that's going to come and offer them more salary. Mm. So you should always be saying, and that's why I draw it, when I draw it as a circle, a cycle, mm. it's not we're going to attract them, we're going to train them, we're going to motivate them, great, that's enough, we'll retain them. Yeah, It's always going on. So you mm. might have been here 10 years, mm. but I've got to re-attract you. Mm. And I've got to think about what do I need to do to keep you attracted, to keep relevant and resonant to your needs. Mm. And then... Is that about more training? Am I not motivating you with the scheme? So, for instance, let's I say, oh, this year we're all going to go to Miami for a team trip. Uh, and, and people who are single and young might think it's awesome. I want to go to Miami. Mm. But someone who's got young kids at home or mm. uh, might also look after an elderly parent or something, that that becomes anxiety all of a sudden. Mm. So you've got to be thinking, it's okay, I think it's a good incentive, but is it the right incentive to retain and continue to attract, train, motivate and retain those right people? Mm. So, so it's an ongoing, everlasting process mm. that is a cycle that you've got to always be mm. keeping on. And if you are putting those first three in place, consistently reviewing those first three, uh, attract, train, motivate, mm. uh, and, and reviewing them relative to individuals and their needs, you will retain them. But you have to consciously think about, are we doing all that we need to do at any point in time to retain the great people? Mm. Now, the converse of that, and if you look at Jack Welsh, who I often talk about, was called Neutron Jack, mm. because um, he believed that every year you had to get rid of the bottom 10% of staff. Every right. year. And if you didn't, I'd get rid of you, because, you know, as a team okay. leader. Mm. Now, when you remember, he had 440,000 employees as the CEO of, of General Electric. He grew it to be the largest company in the world at the time. Mm. But And I haven't got all the stats to me with me, but he grew the value of the business a thousand times. He grew the profitability. Mm. He, so over his tenure, he, over 20 years, uh, they ended up with 300,000 staff. So he got rid of 140,000 staff. Mm. But they grew the sales, they grew the profitability, mm. they grew the share price, they grew the effectiveness, they grew the number of countries in the world they were working in and so mm. on. Now, a lot of people thought he was nasty because he said get rid of the bottom 10%. Mm. But if you stop, and that's the hard edge, if you stop being relevant and resonant to the needs of the business, I need to cut you loose to be amazing somewhere else mm. because you've lost your love of the business. Yeah. You might not realise it, yeah. but you've mm. lost your love of the business. So we're not retaining for retention's sake. Sometimes you will lose great people if you mm. don't address the, the people who are taking the, if I can be blunt, piss. Yeah. Because there's mm. nothing worse than being the hardest worker in a business and see that Fred and Mary are getting away with yeah. turning up late, leaving early, not working hard. Mm. 
And I feel part of the value in me and retaining me is that I'm in an environment that would recognize me over them if I'm working harder than Mm. them, different to them and so on. But also, I don't want to be part of a team that has got this big anchor that's dragging us back. Mm. And and it's that I often use um, visual analogies or metaphors that, that, that hook into people's brain as a behavioral profile. I want them to stay with people. Every single person in your business is a propeller or an anchor. Okay. They're either propelling the business forward or they're anchoring it in some mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And if no in the middle, because people say, oh, well, yeah, but they're not quite there. They're so, no, they're an anchor or a propeller. Can you be a propeller one day and an anchor another day? You can. And if you're, <laughs> and it, and if you're an anchor too many days in a row, then you're I've got anchor. to stay on the equation, because mm-hmm. I always go back to these sets of scales, mm-hmm. in the balance of things, mm-hmm. they're losing their value to me. Right. So, you know, we're all going to have anchor days and it's a really good thing to recognise the first step is if someone's become an anchor or occasionally being an anchor, is there a mental health issue I could address? Mm. Are they Have they lost their motivation because mm. they're feeling like they're not being paid enough or they were missed out on a promotion? promotion. So mm. the first step, and that brings me on to the third person who I shared about, which I always share about these things, um, is Michael Abrashoff who wrote a book called Turn Your Ship Around, and he was the most successful captain in the American Navy. Mm. But he started from the third worst ship in the American Navy. And he said, if you've got a crew of 900 and you're Mm. sent off on a nine-month tour of duty, three days in, if someone's an anchor, let's say, Mm. I can't just, what am I going to do, throw them overboard if I Mm. sack them? So, and I need everyone on that boat to Mm. be working. Mm. So I've then got to say, I need to really understand what they're going through, how I can get the most out of them, or what's being missed. Are they are they around pegging a square hole? Do I need to find a different mm. role in the business? Yeah. So, you know, you've got Neutron Jack, Jack Welsh, who would just say, we're never going to lose the top 20. We're always going to lose the bottom 10. Mm-hmm. Am I a Kip Tindall who says, I'm going to create such an environment that I value you so highly that you'll never want to leave? Mm-hmm. Or am I going to be a Michael Abashoff that makes it his responsibility to find out so much about you that I know exactly what makes you tick in order to mm. work, make that attract, train, motivate, retain, circle work. Mm. Um, but eventually, if someone is uh, too much of an anchor, you can't be anchored in a business. You, mm. you know, to survive, you've got to keep on keeping on and you've got to keep on growing or suddenly you become irrelevant and out of mm. date yeah. and bust. But like you're saying, it's so, I think, pointing out all these things that you've, you've been through, Mike, it makes it clear to see how essential it is to businesses to constantly analyse and assess themselves and, and assess those anchors or propellers within the business to ensure that, you know, things run efficiently. Yeah, yeah and to Leanne's mm. point, mm. It's, mm. It's, it's assessing that regularly because yeah. some things change in people's mm. lives. Mm. Yeah. They, you know, I had a guy who worked for me, he'd worked for me for eight years, he was amazing, and he just lost his mojo. He got bored with the job. Mm. And we tried different things and he was still not motivated. Yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes it's that conversation that says, listen, I'll make up a name because Fred, it's not work. It's not working out. Yeah. We've tried this with you. It's still not working out. Mm. Um, we're going to have to let you go. Now, yeah. um, I don't want to go through a HR process of finding a reason to give you a, a, a verbal mm. warning and a written warning, mm. but it's not working out. Can we get to an amicable position where we manage your exit? Yeah. I can give you a genuinely positive reference, but we need to work to a point because you're not enjoying it. Mm. eventually if I had to I would find the, the rationale and reasoning mm. to get rid of you mm. because you're not delivering I'd rather keep a, the respect that we've gained over the time keep the friendship that we've mm. grew, grown over the time yeah. but work to a point where you 
uh, find something you, you are excited and passionate about mm. and we get someone else in the job who is excited and passionate about that job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And there's nothing worse, is there, than having a negative atmosphere. I think negativity breeds negativity and you're right. sitting at your desk and if someone's moaning and mm. not really doing anything, it just sort of brings the whole environment right. down. No, you need a positive environment, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, and I often talk about terrorists in the business and um, what I mean by that is, you, 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 you know, if we had 100 people, you wouldn't know who a terrorist was. Uh, because they're not walking around with a bomb jacket on, you know. <laughs> they're, they're often well integrated into crowds and society mm. and so on. And in a business, they can be the person who you think is a really good team member, mm. but at the coffee machine, suddenly they'll say to other people, of course, you know what's happening, don't you? Mm. And often they've been around quite a long while, and, and the new person might say, I don't know, what, what? Mm. Well, they're going to get rid of it as all at the end of the year, or, or oh, the business is going to shit. And you, sometimes these people are well hidden, and you've, you've got to constantly be looking at all your people. And, and if you're always looking with that attract, train, motivate, retain, and anchor and propeller, and, and when I say always, it's not, it, you can see it really quickly. You can see people's performance really uh, mm. crisp and black and white, but take the time regularly to look at all your people and say, are they an anchor? Are they a propeller? If I had to put them in one pot, which pot am I going to put them in? Mm. You know, yeah. are they motivated? Is if they're not, it's not about training because we've given them plenty yeah. of training and, and so on. So, and it's making those tough choices. Back to the beast analogy I gave earlier mm. that everyone wants to be the beast till they have to do what the beast does. Yeah. If you want to be successful in business, mm. sometimes you need to be the beast. If you want to be the head of a pride or the head of a wolf pack, that isn't about cuddling and nurture. That's about making the tough decisions sometimes. Mm. Now, that's not to say there's not nurturing roles in the business. Mm. But as the head of a business, you got to make sure those tough decisions are being made. Anyone can say, oh, we're going to have a team event. We're going to have a motivational night out. Mm. Yeah. But balanced against that, there's got to be those tough decisions yeah. in life that are made, in business that are made, uh, if you're going to survive and thrive. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we've discussed so much. It's actually been really good. I've Covered been like, really drawn yeah. in. Yeah, but um, I think, unless there's anything else either of you would like to add, I think we've come to the end of today's discussion no, okay. no it's it's a pleasure and yeah. the hardest thing for me as you might have guessed is is to stop me speaking i'm always happy <laughs> to talk about people because you know one of the things the last thing i would say is this people talk about are you b2c or b2b mm. and the big thing now is mm. it's not about b2c or b2c it's mm. about p2p people to people mm. people yeah. work for people people do business with people so if we can always keep people at heart it will get us in the right frame of mind to review whether we're doing the right things mm. to attract, train, motivate, and retain them. Yeah. And people are essential to any business, aren't yeah. they? Absolutely. Success of businesses Absolutely. through the Well, people. until AI comes along and well, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a, a time uh, and a place for uh, a, a different subject yeah. matter, really. Well, here we are doing a podcast and uh, using that replacing. When the mm. when TV was born, mm. they said that radio would become a thing of the past. There That's are more true. radio stations mm. now yeah. than ever. Very when uh, mm. calculators were created, they said nobody would do math anymore. Mm. So mm. these things are only tools, mm. you know. And if I look at a beautiful piece of cabinet work, and I say, was it the tool that built that, or was it the master craftsman mm. that used the tools to build yeah. it? And mm. we will always need the master craftsmen of different mm. roles yeah. to build those things. Oh, so I'm, I'm always excited about innovation. I'm not mm. scared of it. No. Maybe we're all right for a while then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right then. So final task of the day is the one word. So this is where we just pick one word to leave with, uh, to leave our listeners with to ponder 
at the end of the podcast. So I'm going to go first and steal everyone else's words. My word's going to be passion. Okay. Mike? Uh, can I be a bit bit, bit naughty and have two, actually? Because they, they sort of always give out, which is, sorry about that, but it's focus and discipline. The, the reason that successful people are successful and the reason that failures are failures is because they don't focus and they aren't disciplined. Those two go hand in hand and are attributed to all successful people I know. Brilliant. David? And I think, finally, mine would be all about delivery because, to me, whether you're an individual or whether you're a business, in order to succeed... You need to deliver. Okay, brilliant. Becca? Reattract. Okay, love it. Well, it's been absolutely amazing having you both here. Thank you so much for Pleasure. coming Pleasure. on. Um, and it's been great to hear your thoughts on just everything. And the event was a huge success. Um, so, yeah, we'll gladly do other events with you in the future. Um, and if you'd like any more information on anything we've spoken about today, please get in contact with us. Um our number is 01733 234 or email us at info at the one group.co.uk. And um, yeah, thank you very much. Bye.